Hello, and welcome to another service of Holy Communion at St. Peter's by the Sea Episcopal Church in Narragansett, Rhode Island. Father Craig Swan is presiding. This service was recorded November 7th, 2021. Good morning, and welcome on this absolutely beautiful, crisp fall day. As we prepare for worship, just a couple of announcements. This morning, we will be blessing the votive candle racks in the back of the church in memory of Richard Tupin. And um, with that, during the peace, I will go back there with the family, and we'll do a formal blessing and consecration. No, I'm having a hard time talking today. A formal consecration of our wonderful and beautiful votive candle racks um, at that point. Also, today is the first Sunday of the month, so we will celebrate birthdays and anniversaries with our traditional monthly blessings. A couple of announcements moving forward. People have been asking me, I keep hearing the psalmist, how long, O oh Lord, in terms of masks? I got that question at the 8 o'clock. Uh, with the 8 o'clock service, we have informed them that, or today I told them, you know, as always, you are not required to wear masking, but it's highly recommended. And um, if you choose not to wear a mask, we ask you to spread out. That works for the 8 o'clock service. Unfortunately, or fortunately for this service, we can't offer that option because in order to be able to sing as a congregation or with the choir, we have to be masked for health and safety purposes. So masking will continue with doors open during the 1015 and be very stringent on it for a little bit while longer. I'm hoping, let's see what, the, what, what comes our way during the month of December in terms of numbers. And if we get through December and the crowds of Christmas easily and our numbers in Rhode Island continue to go down and it's deemed safe by the um, uh, powers that be, I'm kind of hoping maybe January we might be able to let go of masking as our 5 to 11-year-olds by that point will be vaccinated. We can see how that's working. But until then, we do ask everyone to please wear a mask during services uh, so as to protect each other and allow us to have congregational singing. Other announcements for this week. On Tuesday evening, we will be holding our Finding Mary both by Zoom and here in person. That'll be our fifth of six sessions with Eileen Lindemann. Anyone's welcome to join us. If you wish to join by Zoom, please let me know and I'll be happy to send you a link. Also on Wednesday at noon, our Wednesday Bible study will begin the book of Acts, which studies the beginning of the church and moves us through the travels of Paul. If you are interested in that, please let me know. I'll be glad to send you a link because that will also take place by Zoom as will our Thursday evening Bible study at 7 p.m. And that Bible study is reading actually the Gospel of Luke itself. We're in the second half of the fourth 
chapter of Luke, please consider joining us. There's a lot going on down in the basement as we're getting ready for the Christmas Bazaar. There is a sign-up in the back of the church. The uh, basket brigade will be here Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Justine has and Jackie have the information on that if you want to come down and help. Uh, doesn't matter who you are, how artistic you are, there's a job for you down in the basement. Um, please come and help. I think we've got about 50 or 60 baskets together at this point and moving along rapidly, but we need creative talent and we need strong shoulders to hold the baskets up so they can be shrunk wrapped. Um, also, finally, oh, go ahead, Debbie. So any old jewelry that you don't necessarily need or want, we would love to take donations of that, scarves. Uh, there is a basket or a bin in the office for knitted apparel. Um, if you have knitted apparel to donate, we'll take that as well. Moving to the community market, this is a busy month for the community market. Yesterday we had our, the Boy Scouts had their food drive and I heard it's over 4,000 pounds of food. 5,000 pounds of food, that's a bumper crop. So um, there are boxes of food everywhere and there's a new item in the canned goods called undefined uh, or what, no, we have um, un, um, unprocessed or whatever. There's a whole bunch of un, I, unsorted, that's the word I was looking for. It's like, oh, they're unsorted, that's a new um, brand. But um, 5,000 pounds, we want to thank the Boy Scouts for that, that will last us well into January and hopefully February as well. Um, also, we're gearing up for the Thanksgiving um, giveaway um, that will take place Sunday the 21st after this service, and um, we can use help with that. Also, donations for turkeys would be greatly appreciated. And finally, Charles, I can't remember if I announced it, but I'll announce it again. At 2 o'clock today, there will be a chamber concert. Uh, Musica Adolce will be here. It'll be chamber music. Uh, I think one of the pieces is a Beethoven symphony part and a few other wonderful pieces of classical music. Uh, there is a requested donation. Do you remember the donation, Charles? It's what? So a suggested donation of $20 for uh, Musica Adolce to pay for their um, personnel. I can tell you um, it is going to be absolutely gorgeous. The sound is absolutely wonderful in this space. I heard them rehearsing. So hopefully um, come and bring friends. If you have nothing, um, what else could be better on a wonderful fall afternoon than a nice chamber concert here at St. Peter's? I think I've covered everything. There's a lot in there. So let us stand and join together and sing hymn 594.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, whose blessed Son came into the world, that he might destroy the works of the devil and make us children of God and heirs of eternal life, grant that, having this hope, we may purify ourselves as he is pure, that, when he comes again with power and great glory, we may be made like him in his eternal and glorious kingdom, where he lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the book of Ruth. Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to Ruth, My daughter, I need to seek some security for you so that it may be well with you. Now here is our kinsman Boaz, with whose young women you have been working. See, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Now wash and anoint yourself, and put on your best clothes, and go down to the threshing floor. But do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, Observe the place where he lies. Then go and uncover his feet and lie down, and he will tell you what to do. She said to her, All that you tell me, I will do. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. When they came together, the Lord made her conceive, and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without next of kin, and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. The women of the neighborhood gave him a name, saying, A son has been born to Naomi. They named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse, the father of David. 
the word of the Lord. To the Hebrews. Christ did not enter a sanctuary made by human hands, a mere copy of the true one, but he entered into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself again and again as the high priest enters the holy place year after year with blood that is not his own. For then he would have had to suffer again and again since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to remove sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for mortals to die once, and after that the judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand and join us in hymn 454. We will see the first two verses prior to third and fourth verse after, in 454.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As Jesus taught, he said, Be aware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. Jesus sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put everything she had, all she had to live on. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Growing up, my father would often reminisce about his first year of marriage to my mother. Their marriage took place fairly quickly out when he, after he had graduated from RPI, and he was just beginning his career. And he and mom had been transferred to Buffalo, New York, where he was a trainee for Westinghouse. Now, the two of them had not much between them. And I am not sure that Dad's salary as a trainee was all that great. But he remembered fondly those simple days, the days that he often referred to as B.C., before children. Now, B.C. in the life of my father was not very long. It was exactly one year and nine days after they got married before B.C. ended and A.C. began. But there was, from his perspective, this magical time when they basically were living on a wing and a prayer somehow scraping enough to get by and finding joy. And one of the simple joys that he used to talk about was how when he and mom were first married, for their entertainment on a Saturday night, they would simply invite another couple over or two. Mom would bake a cake and they'd play cards. Somehow that simple time when he wasn't heavy laden with a mortgage or with the care and feeding of children, even though the finances were tight at best, were perhaps some of the happiest and most wonderful parts of his memory of his life over his many years. 
I share this story in hopes that for many of us sitting here today, it brings us back to those early youthful days when, like my parents, we lived on that tight budget and often wondered when something extraordinary came up, how we were going to make it. As one older member of this parish said to me on Thursday, I remember those days. And on those lean months when I wasn't quite sure how we were going to make it, somehow I remember there oftentimes was an unexpected check that would show up in the mail that would cover whatever that extra expense was. And sure enough, we made it through another month and moved on to the next. I think for many of us, that's the closest we've ever come to living in a way that we are totally dependent or understand what it means to put our faith and our trust in the mercy and care of God. As I look at this morning's gospel, how easy it would be to spend this morning falling into the false dichotomy that some people see in Christ's words, something about wealth being, being bad and poverty being good. But as we look a little bit tighter into the story, we realize it's not about those with resources versus those who don't have resources. But it truly comes down to where is our heart and where do we put our trust? Just like in the story of the rich young fool who comes to Jesus and says, I have obeyed all the commandments. What more must I do to find the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus tells him, sell all you have and give that money to the poor. I.e., don't look to your money as your place of trust in getting through this world. Look to God and place yourselves solely in the hands of God and trust in God's care. That storyline continues, but this time it moves over a little bit as we look at the widow at the end of the gospel story. The widow who comes into the temple, goes to the treasury, and puts the two copper coins in the treasury. And Jesus says she gives the last of what she had and what she had to live on. For those of the early church, that story, I am assuming, brought them back to another story about yet another widow who had lived centuries before. Found in the histories of the Old Testament is the story of Elijah and the widow of Arafath. In this story, as the Bible tells us, a widow, during a time of famine and drought, goes out into the wilderness, the woods, to collect sticks to build a fire so that she can cook what she assumes will be the last meal for she and her son. For there is nowhere that she can afford more food to continue to care for them. It is in this context that she runs into the prophet Elijah, who calls upon her in the name of God to provide him hospitality. And even though she explains to him that she has just enough for one meal for she and her son. Elijah says, the God of Abraham commands you to do this. And so being one who's obedient in Middle Eastern hospitality, she invites the prophet in and offers him what would be the last meal for she and her son. But in her obedience... In her willingness to accept the commandment of God, a miracle takes place. Her jars of flour or meal and oil become bottomless. And God provides for her and her son and for the prophet throughout the famine until she is able to fend for herself once again. 
we are told if we put our faith totally in the hands of God, God will not disappoint us. We have now found ourselves as a congregation entered into a time of discernment. It is that time of our annual stewardship appeal when we talk to you or ask you to let us know how you will support the finances here at St. Peter's in 2022. And so often what we do is we look at our abundance and decide, well, this is a good amount. But as I said in my letter to the congregation this week, our FAQs on stewardship, I talked about the fact that we, as part of the church, talk about giving back to God a tithe. A tithe means 10% of what we brought in. And that is based on the biblical mandate from Deuteronomy that the fields of the farmer are to allow for the outer 10% of the edge left unharvested so that the poor and the sojourner can harvest them to feed themselves. Tithing we talk about in terms of percentage giving. And as I mentioned, tithing is as much a spiritual discipline as prayer, worship, and study. Disciplines are not something that we come by all at once. But when we allow ourselves to enter into the discipline of tithing and work towards that 10% goal, what we are actually doing is working towards placing more and more of our lives and trust in the hand of God and letting go of putting our full faith in that which is transitory, the resources we so richly depend on. Tithing is not something that happens in a year or two, but we grow into it. And hopefully as we move up each percentage point, we discover that what perhaps we've had to let go of wasn't all that important. As we move further up, maybe we learn that what we thought was necessary was nothing more than an encumbrance for each of us. And that somehow we feel a sense of freedom of letting go of keeping up on the other side of the ledger. But God calls us to put our trust and our faith completely in that which is trustworthy, that which created us, and he who sustains us, and that which offers us the truest and most worthy and lasting gift, the gift of salvation and entrance into the kingdom of heaven itself. So as we discern our gift for St. Peter's in the coming year. I ask you to reframe how you make that decision by simply thinking about those early days when you literally were living by a wing and a prayer, where your faith had to be in the Almighty because it certainly couldn't be in the income coming in, and how through that experience you found from month to month, somehow miraculously as you look back on it, that you had enough to get by. For when we behave in the way of those widows, the widow at the treasury and the widow of Arafath, and let go of our dependency on the resources of this world, what we will find in that free fall is the hands of God lifting us up and carrying us through and providing all that we may need. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed.
We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshiped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. I ask your prayers for God's people throughout the world, for our bishops, Michael, and our presiding bishop, and Nicholas, our bishop, for this gathering, and for all ministers and people. Pray for the church. I ask your prayers for peace, for goodwill among nations, and for the well-being of all people. Pray for justice and peace. I ask your prayers for the poor, the sick, the hungry, the oppressed, and those in prison. Pray for those in any need or trouble. I ask your prayers for all who seek God or a deeper knowledge of him. Pray that they may find and be found by him. I ask your prayers for the departed. Pray for those who have died. In our parish cycle of prayer, we pray for Eric and Kim Moore, Patricia Moore, and Richard and Lynn Morgan. Praise God for those in every generation in whom Christ has been honored, especially Margaret in Armas Taminen and Howard Berg, whom we remember today. Pray that we may have grace to glorify Christ in our own day. O Lord, our God, accept the fervent prayers of your people. In the multitude of your mercies, look with compassion upon us and all who turn to you for help. For you are gracious, O lover of souls. And to you we give glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you, forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. I invite everyone to please be seated as I make my way with the Tupin family to the back of the church. Before the throne burn seven lamps of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. You, O Lord, are my lamp. 
My God, you make my darkness bright. Let us pray. O Heavenly Father, who revealed to us the vision of your Son in the midst of the candlesticks, and of your great Spirit, and of your Spirit in seven lamps of fire before your throne, grant that these votive racks, given in memory of Richard, be kindled for your glory, may be to us a sign of your presence and the promise of eternal light through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. And please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace, sir. Peace. Peace. Low. Give me a low five. Okay. And at this time, I invite anyone who has a birthday or anniversary during the month of November to please come forward. Does anyone have a birthday during November or a wedding anniversary? So please come kind of, yeah. Let's see. Birthday, anniversary, anniversary. Here comes Jackie. She'll get here. All right, so got birthday. So we've got birthdays and we've got anniversaries. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let us pray. Watch over your children, O Lord, as their days increase. Bless and guide them wherever they may be. Strengthen them when they stand. Comfort them when discouraged or sorrowful. Raise them up if they fall. And in, his heart, and in their hearts, may your peace, which passes all understanding, abide all the days of their lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Okay, and now for our anniversaries. I'll have the two of you kind of come forward this way so I can... So. Okay, not that quite. <laughs> oh God, you have so consecrated the covenant of marriage that in it is represented the spiritual unity between Christ and his church. Send therefore your blessing upon these your servants, that they may continue to so love, honor, and cherish each other in faithfulness and patience, in wisdom and true godliness, that their homes may continue to be a haven of blessing and peace through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. So happy birthday to our November birthdays and happy anniversary to our anniversary couples. Walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. For by water and the Holy Spirit, you have made us a new people in Jesus Christ our Lord to show forth your glory in all the world. Therefore, we praise you, joining our voices with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, you, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ, your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out his arms upon the cross and offered himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the whole world. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when given thanks to you, he broke it, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, O Father, in this sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. Recalling his death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be for your people the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in him. Sanctify us also, that we may faithfully receive this holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy, and peace, and at the last day bring us with all your saints into the joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask for your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Alleluia, Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith.
Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do, to love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit, the honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Live without fear. Your creator has made you holy, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Go in peace to follow the good road. And may God's blessing in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit be with you always. Amen. Let us stand and join in singing hymn 57.
Let us go forth in the name of Christ. Thanks be to God.